0: Good evening, everybody. You're listening to CFRC 101.9 FM. My name is Alexandra Fernandez. Today, I am joined by Carrie Hill, director of No Clear Cuts Kingston, which is a nonprofit residence group. And Carrie is here to talk to us about the proposed tannery development and what No Clear Cuts Kingston has been advocating for and doing to halt and just stop the proposed development. So, Carrie, thank you so much for joining me today.
1: Oh, you're very
0: welcome. I really appreciate it. Of course. Um, so jumping right into it, the tannery development proposal um, is involves filling in a part of a wetland, clear-cutting a forest of over 1,800 trees, and also digging up a lot of tons of earth. Um, can you break down for us what are some of the more complex concerns with this plan, besides the obvious of taking down a bunch of trees, going into the ground, um, and things like that. Can you, yeah, break it down yeah, sure. a little bit more for us? Yeah,
1: the, the clear-cutting is uh, uh, really what started uh, No Clear Cuts on this uh, whole uh, campaign. Um, clear-cutting 1,800 trees of, uh, actually there's a lot more than 1,800, but those are ones that are larger than um, a, a minimum that's required by the city to charge a cutting fee, and um, However, the developer has been given uh, a waiver on this so he doesn't have to pay for uh, clear cutting all of the trees. Um, mm-hmm. And there are some massive trees there. Uh, there's a white oak that's over 200 years old. Um, and of course, we all know that what uh, trees in an urban setting, they're, they're, um, they stop uh, erosion from rainfall or snowmelt. They're uh, important in uh, controlling the temperature. Kingston is a city that has been um, demarcated as a potential heat zone by the University of Waterloo. Um, so we, we should not be cutting down trees and um, planting saplings is not going to take the place of uh, this, this forest, it's 37 acres. Um, I've walked through it a number of times. It's a beautiful place mm-hmm. and uh, re- removing everything is just the beginning of it, <laughs> removing all the trees. Um, the the uh, other aspect that I've got really uh, interested in is um, the state of contamination it is a former tannery and, um, and in the tanning process they use uh, uh, chromium as uh, the leather softener in the process and uh, they the land they just the tannery just poured the uh, excess chromium, and to the surrounding marsh and soil. So uh, measurements have been taken um, of the contamination and it is um, it is heavily contaminated. There are no question about that. However, the contamination, the contaminants that are there, mm-hmm. mainly chromium, but also a few other things are uh, essentially inert because they're tied up in the uh, humus of the soil um and they're also in a form that can't be absorbed very easily at all by living um beings mm-hmm. and uh i think the life of the forest that's there shows that the the amount of contamination that's there is not actually polluting the uh, environment uh, in other words it's not having a, a noxious effect on the uh, life that's that's there presently that forest grew up in about um 60 years so mm-hmm. it, it is really impressive to see how things have been able to grow on this heavily contaminated and uh, toxic which it isn't um, land. The other thing that I, I, I want to say is that this is not this is categorized as a brownfield in Kingston but it's not the standard brownfield like an old gas station or even where our house had been a residence and torn down that's considered a brownfield. Mm-hmm. This, this brownfield is um, <laughs> <you> know, <laughs> heavily contaminated and if you look at, I've done a search of the uh, uh, internet to try to see where anyone else in the world in the developed world anyway has uh, built residences on um, a tannery brownfield and although there are a number of places where the buildings have been used as uh, business offices or open air markets, I can't find anywhere where the land around those tannery buildings have actually been built on for residences. And the problem with uh, attempting to build on or, or planning on building on a, a tannery brown, brownfield is, or any brownfield that's contaminated, um, the, the province requires that all of those contaminants must be removed. Mm. Uh, many of these contaminants are, you know, three, four, five feet in the ground. So that all of that soil—it's—it's four hundred thousand tons that is um, uh, recommended that should should be removed. Wow.
0: Um,
1: that breaks down to, you know, approximately twenty thousand truckloads. Just around that area, anybody living there—that I don't know how long that that would take. Um, to remove all that soil, but there's going to be massive disturbances mm-hmm. on the people that live around there. Soil is going to be dried up and released into the air. And now the chromium could potentially be oxidized to a form that is very toxic. Okay. And also it can be washed off because there's no trees to hold back the uh, runoff um, from rains so that can be washed off into the river, which right now the, the water in the river is essentially clean mm-hmm. it doesn't contain um uh, uh, significant levels of uh the contaminating of the contaminants and and it's none of the pollutant forms of chromium
0: thank you so much for giving us a little bit more of a rundown of um you know what all these uh things basically that the developer wants to do um how it will affect not only the wildlife that exists in that area but also us as people as well. Um, so thank you um, for explaining those uh, concerns to us. Where exactly is the tannery development proposed for?
1: It's um, the uh, area of the city is North Kingstown and if you know the Inner Harbor at all um, there it's in the northwest corner. Uh, if There are a couple of parks, Douglas Fourier Park and the Rowing Club and then the Then there's the forest Mm. on the northwest corner of the inner harbor. Um, I don't know if people know where uh, um, uh, Bell Island and um, Bell Park are on Montreal Street, but they're on the north edge of the marsh uh, that's partially contained on the tannery property.
0: Okay. And so No Clear Cuts Kingston has also um, asked for a federal impact assessment. Can you tell us more a little bit about what exactly a federal impact assessment is and the importance of the group submitting one um, or requesting one from the government um, and what that could, you know, hopefully mean and lead to?
1: Yes. Oh, certainly I'll try. Um, There are some uh, parts of the development which are going to affect uh, uh, issues that are under federal jurisdiction, and um, the – the first one is uh, Indigenous consultation. Um, Bell Park, uh, the, there's a small island at the end, which is an Indigenous sacred site. is an old burial ground. Um, there have been um, uh, remains of bodies that are up to a thousand years old on that small island. That island is directly across from the uh, tannery development. And uh, that island is used by uh, the Bell Island uh, caretaker circle to carry out um, uh, um, meetings. Um, meetings isn't the right word, but um, with uh, their people. And mm-hmm. uh, ceremonies, I guess, would be a more appropriate word. Um, and uh, if you can imagine having a, a, a block of eight-story apartments there, with up to 5,000 people living there, um, just across a small bay, um, it, This they haven't been consulted at all about this uh, potential significant uh, interference on their practices. Hmm. I think in this day of age of truth and reconciliation, the uh, Indigenous people need to be consulted. Um, mm-hmm. The city planning staff has decided that uh and i think that this comes down from the province that there is no requirement for them to consult uh directly with any indigenous groups the only consultation that uh, people can do is as individuals you can write a letter to the city or you can go to the public meetings but there is no um the city has made no attempt to consult with any of the, the local Indigenous groups, of which there are a number of them. There, there's no reason for for not doing this. So um, since this falls within federal jurisdiction, we've asked, we've described that the situation to uh, the, the FEDS, the uh, Impact Assessment Agency, and um, we're hoping that they uh, uh, take us up on uh, looking into the potential effects on uh, local Indigenous populations. Mm-hmm. Um, the other things are the, the water lots. And this is something I didn't know before. Did you know that water is owned by the feds?
0: No, I had no idea. Uh, you wouldn't think okay. that it, okay. <laughs> so the uh,
1: Kingston Inner Harbour is actually divided up into water lots. And these are owned by Parts Canada and Transport Canada. Okay. And so that that's the, again, the federal jurisdiction is on the water lots. And if this development goes ahead with uh, no details on remediation, potentially the water could be you know, severely affected um, by uh, pollutants um, washing into the uh, into their into the water into their property, our property, really. I mean, we all own it. But, but <laughs> um, so, uh, I, we, we are asking them to. Uh, the Impact Assessment Agency to look into the uh, potential effects of the remediation plan um, on the life and health of the waters Mm -hmm. in the
0: Inner Harbor. Thank you so much for, yeah, elaborating a little bit on that. Kind of going forward, um, you know, with the federal impact assessment um being requested and it was also um, released just a few days ago that um, no clear cuts has gotten a lawyer to represent the group in an upcoming hearing through the ontario land tribunal and said lawyer is from the canadian environmental law association so moving forward what are we kind of looking at in terms of this development in No Clear Cuts Kingston? Now, obviously nothing is like in place and it's kind of hard to ex- hard to say what can be expected.
1: Yeah, it is it is a little bit difficult to predict, uh, especially the timeline yeah. of uh, how the proceedings will take place. Um, we actually have a, a hearing, it's a pre-merit hearing, mm-hmm. Um, and it's on February 21st and, uh, um, we, no clear cuts. Kingston has applied for, uh, what's called party status. Okay. And this allows us to, with our lawyer from SILA, which we're so grateful for. We just heard, found out about this a couple of weeks ago. So, um, because we were starting to wonder how, you know, how are we going to afford to do this? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the, um, so the the uh, um, before the this pre merit hearing, which will actually determine whether we can be uh, accepted as a party.
0: Okay. Uh, the
1: the developer's lawyer will probably fight to not have us there. Hmm. Um. Now, important in in this, and I don't know if, if I, I I don't know what stage everybody's in. Um, everybody, anybody in the city can. Um, participate um, by writing a letter. You can't uh, actually speak or interrogate the uh, experts brought in by the developer, but you can submit a letter. Um, But that has to be done by February 10th and it's uh, on the OLT uh, uh, site and it's called uh, the participant uh, application form. I'm just putting this out there because the more people that we get uh, submitting letters to apply uh, to apply to be a participant, um, the more, uh, obviously, the, the, the uh, hearing will be um, influenced, uh, I'm hoping, by the mm-hmm. number of people that uh, write about their concerns about this uh, development.
0: If there are people listening out there and you are concerned and you want to help in any way that you can to protect not just those living here in Kingston, but also the wildlife, the environment, especially in such a time of a climate crisis, please take Carrie's advice and send a letter. Um, again, how can people do that?
1: Yeah, so if, if they go to the OLT, Ontario Land Tribunal site, uh, there will be um, a section of forms. And within the forms, there's the participant application. It's just a one-page thing. You have to put down uh, right on it the uh, the OLT um, number for this development, which is, it it can also be uh, accessed there within the uh, case status. You just put in Kingston and you'll see 2 River Street, and there'll be an OLT number. And then they just email it to the uh, um, person. Uh, the, The fellow's name is Ben Bath capital B-E-N, capital B-A-T-H, at Ontario.ca. They mailed the completed form to to him.
0: I wanted to ask another question. Um, You were talking a little bit about it earlier, but, um, you know, the first proposal that was put forth by um, the developer, like you said, it was rejected um, by city council because of all these unanswered questions and a lot of this ambiguity, and then they appealed to the OLT. And I was also reading a little bit about it, and it says that, city council was discussing a lot of these matters and making a lot of decisions behind closed doors and not really in public city council meetings. And I just kind of wanted to gauge um, your thoughts on that and maybe what you think should be done in regards to the sort of transparency and maybe accountability of this whole situation.
1: Yeah, I think this applies to a lot of municipalities in Ontario. the, the uh, in-camera sessions are meant to be for uh, sensitive issues that say involving uh, land sales or involving lawyers, and, but um, decisions that uh, it, whatever was decided, we don't know what was decided um, it, behind closed doors about, and, and really even whether they discuss the tannery um mm-hmm. but um there that seems to be the situation but i i can't you know we don't know what happened um the the, the problem is when decisions are made um without the public who the, the council is working for us uh uh without us knowing what's going on about uh situations that are not sensitive that don't um require you know um, legal decisions to be made, which this doesn't at this point, Um, then decisions can get made and uh, be signed off and that's it. so we we need to know uh, how decisions are being made and what is being discussed. There's no reason to have decisions that don't involve legal uh, machinations um, to be occurring behind closed doors.
0: Mm -hmm, Definitely. Thank you for that. Uh, is there anything that you'd like to mention that we didn't get a chance to cover and talk about that you'd like to share with listeners? I've been down to
1: the tannery land um, and the marshes there. And um, I've heard tapes that were recordings that were done by another faculty member at Queens, um, current faculty, uh, of all of the birds singing. And uh, uh, I've seen bullfrogs down there. the, mm. the um, biological uh, environmental survey that was done for the developer said that this was a dead area
0: hmm. and
1: you know there's no life there and and the life that is there the trees they're all invasive species i just this is not true and it, it, this really has people if you have a chance of course it's all frozen right now but <laughs> if you can listen to the recordings of the uh, birds including i picked up a the uh, call of a least bittern and these are endangered they're um, endangered uh, um, s- small herons in in Ontario so uh, you know we we can they use the marsh uh, they we, we can't be destroying something that is going to be uh, here long after we're gone
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs>
1: <laughs> and it's doing so much benefit to for the city. Um, in terms of uh, uh, remediation and, uh, uh, you know, it's remediating itself, the toy- poisons that we put there over the last 100 years. And uh, it, it, it's just a, I don't want to sound like a tree hugger, um, but I guess I am but, by nature.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Go for it. <laughs> but
1: but it, it really is a very, very short-sighted way of looking at the uh, environment around us. Mm-hmm. Um, the housing aspect, it's not going to be pro- providing very much affordable housing. Most of it is going to be luxury condos on the waterfront. Yeah. And, and it, it, this, to to me, to destroy all of this and for uh, this sort of housing, when we, we there is a housing crisis, but it's mm-hmm. not for luxury condos. There's a housing crisis for affordable housing. For affordable housing, housing yes, yeah, completely. And this is not being... Addressed. I mean, the message that um, some and council and the mayor do say that you know it's desperate. We need this housing. We need this to be built. Well, no, we don't need affo- we need affordable housing. We don't need uh, uh, luxury housing, which is probably going to be investments for people uh, flipping that are, uh, who knows. Yeah, but it, it's just not answering the uh, the true.
0: Uh, requirement for more affordable housing for sure well thank you so much for sharing your insights um, giving us more background information and just talking to us more about what this uh, development proposal is proposing and what are sort of the um, you know effects and impacts that it will have on our community on our wildlife on us Um, so thank you so much for sharing and for taking the time to just chat with me about it I really appreciate it
1: Oh, I really enjoyed myself and I I hope that if anybody has any questions, you know, they can um, contact the No Clear Cuts and Kingston and, um, you know, I'll I'll be very happy to share more information with with, uh, people. And um, I I really appreciate you You had some great questions, all of them very good
0: questions. (laughs) Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to The Rundown, produced with the generous support of the Faculty of Engineering and Applied Sciences at CFRC 101.9 FM at Queen's University in Kingston, Ontario, situated on the traditional lands of the Anishinaabe and Haudenosaunee peoples.